hey, it's ass butt. <laughs> <laughs> that is that who we are now? That took me so off guard. Is that us? <laughs> I don't know why it took us so long to do something like that. I have to talk to <laughs> you just, again. That just threw me off so hard. As the vision's completely creepy. And it means I was. Okay, I've definitely done the copyrightable about a song. Yeah. Oh my god. Welcome to Hey Ass Butt. Um, Home of the Ass Butt. Can I take your order? We've done that joke before. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, it never gets old. Hey, we all we have we've all been watching Midnight Mass. Yeah, some of us have finished it. Yeah, yeah some of us I are think still on I'm, episode one. <laughs> I'm on episode. I just finished episode four. Mm. How long is it? Eight episodes. Eight oh, okay. Episodes. Okay, so I'm halfway. Yeah, you're halfway. Uh, yeah, because I'm halfway because it's starting to reveal some of the twists and turns. So, I um, have no twists. No turns yet. There is some like really kick-ass shit that you find out. And I will say, out of the three shows that the guy has made, it's probably the second best. But I find it just, it's a very fun show once it starts, like, once it finally, like, just starts running, it's great. Yeah, not gonna lie, Midnight Mass, pretty slow start. Yes, but it's it's a very it it's trying really hard to be subtle. It yeah, um, I will say it is a slow start, but it is not a skippable slow. Yeah, like you need all of the setup that it starts. Yeah, if you just watched that last that last episode, you would be so fucking lost, <laughs> which is kind of amazing. Would but you so say in the spirit? Oh, mm-hmm. I have a question real quick. What's that? Okay, so you are kidnapped, and you're only allowed to watch one of the major television shows that has come out recently, and those shows are Squid Game and Midnight Mass. And Squid you've Games. been kidnapped, and you'd say watch Squid Game over Midnight Mass? Yeah. Yeah, Squid Game. Okay. Thankfully, you won't live in this world, so you can watch both, but we've all been yeah. watching Squid Game, and Travis and I have finished it. Mm-hmm. And... Um... Yeah, I'm like halfway done. Yeah. And I gotta say, it is fantastic. Like it's a good time. Go go watch Squid Game if you haven't seen it. It's it's way it's way more overt. There is still like subtlety in its overtness, I feel. And goddamn, I can't wait to finish this fucking show. Yeah. And um, we won't go into detail both for Ben and also for our audience who has not seen it yet, but it won't be like nothing you've ever seen if you've mm-hmm. seen like a lot of anime. Well, I was going to say Battle Royale. Yeah. Um it won't be like nothing you've ever seen, but it still does that p- pretty fucking good. You know. Yeah. So like there's yeah it's just it's a good show go watch it it's a very good critique of like late stage capitalism as well yeah um it's very korean so you may have to look up some shit and also don't watch english parentheses cc close parentheses watch english okay not the dub the the subtitles 
but there's two English subtitles. One's English parentheses CC and parentheses, and one just says English. And if you're going to watch one, watch the English one. Hmm. I didn't know there was a difference. I've heard that the English is a better translation. Weird. Yeah. And okay. that CC is not as good. Um, mm. Honestly, ideally, just learn Korean, I think. Uh, shouldn't take you too long. Um, all languages, incredibly simple to master. Uh, for me, at least. <laughs> as I am a genius. No, I'm just kidding. Hmm? I will say, and I don't know how this is going to sound, but Korean mm. is probably the cutest of the Asian languages I've seen, at least written. Because it's got like all like the circles and the squares and whatnot in it. Korean is a very fun language to look at. I would I would agree with that. Yeah. So, um, if I had to say cutest language ever on earth, though, I would go uh, with I would go with Polish. Or Hoovian. Or who? I'm sorry, the fake language from Doctor Who. Yep. All right, fair enough. Live your best life. It's on Earth. Oh, okay. I'm just saying. <laughs> nope. <laughs> if I had to go with the best fictional language, I'm going to go with High Elvish from The yeah. Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Sam. <laughs> I know what it's not called about? High Elvish. Don't come for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You can come for me if you want. Just don't aim it at me. We are not here to talk about fake languages today. What are we here to talk about? Yeah, so in the spirit of watching Midnight Mass and it being spooky season, I had a question for everyone. Uh, for when you're watching horror movies, I've noticed that there's like kind of two major camps of what horror can be like. Mm-hmm. There's like, I and I guess this is really more for like ghost style horror not like just gory you know saw hostile stuff this is for like supernatural ghost movies spooky time season um do you prefer to be like have where they try to logic it like they put a real world spin and be like oh they were all hallucinating or you know they put some kind of science or real world explanation behind it to make it be like, this could really happen. Or do you prefer when they go all in on magic, like all in on ghosts, monsters, supernatural bullshit? What, how do you feel about it? So, Oh, sorry. All right. Thank you. I think this is such an interesting question because there are so many movies that are like based on a true story, but they, they concern like demonic possession and yeah. ghosts and like the Annabelle movies, right? The Conjuring and shit. Those are all mm-hmm. based on true stories, but they're also complete bullshit because, you know, demonic possessions are not real. Um, but they are, they are things that happened and they, and there are, well, you know, I mean, it's also a Hollywood movie. So like liberties were taken, but, oh, yeah. um, they, and there are definitely people who like, earnestly believe in ghosts so i think it's interesting that you could pose that question to somebody who like truly believes in ghosts and be like oh i'd rather be there be a real world explanation and the real world explanation is like fucking casper exists you know what i mean yeah (laughs) um i really like personally i really like movies where there's like a cult 
as the bad guy, mm. you know, and and then you get kind of like the supernatural, like, well, it's definitely, you know, they believe that there's some yeah. hocus pocus shit going on. Um, right. but maybe the film never confirms it or maybe like, you know, just because somebody earnestly believes it and is willing to kill and or torture and or drug and or kidnap for that doesn't mean that it's actually happening. Um, so I do, I do think, uh, that can be very interesting. Mm. Um, but on the whole, I guess I would say I do, if, if you're gonna, if you're gonna make a movie about, you know, spooky, spooky shit, mm. maybe include, um, some, some ghosts and ghouls and such. Yeah. You know? In, in the, in like those veins of movies. Cause I also do like horror movies where it's like, or like thrillers where it's like, no, this is just a dude. Yeah. Just mm-hmm. a dude being a dude. And that dude that, was uh, awful. That does lend to be like the most terrifying thing where like supernatural things are happening, like stuff that's very hard to explain. Mm-hmm. And then it's just a fucking dude somehow being able to pull it the fuck off. Yeah. Like, that is amazingly terrifying sometimes. Yeah, that's some real Scooby-Doo shit. Yeah. Or, if it's, like, super, like, normie shit happening, and then it's just, it turns out to be a goddamn demon. Yes. Yeah. Just, like, both possibilities are fucking great. I enjoy both when it's done well. Like, I love a good thing in the woods story, and I've talked about this movie before on the podcast numerous times. But... The Ritual on Netflix gets everything right for both a cult movie and as just a spooky, mythical thing in the goddamn woods kind of story. And then you also have The Void, which I don't think is on Netflix anymore, or Hulu. It's not, unfortunately. It's not on anything, like, super accessible. Yeah. But yeah, I remember when you recommended The Void to me, and I loved the shit out of it. That is a top-tier movie. Uh, also culty. Yes. Uh, there's like, I don't know. They're like, I love both of these answers, and there's so many good movies that are of both of these. Exactly. Yeah. That's what made me think of it is because there are movies where it's like the whole horror movie happens, and it yeah. all happens to like the people, mm-hmm. and then it's like, oh, they all they were all like it was a mass hallucination or. Yeah. Like it was, this was all just a trauma response from one person. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then I also really like things like that just go all in on the monster. It's like, yeah, this is just everything is real life as it is, except oh, yeah. this monster exists. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my favorite endings in uh, in Goosebumps uh, involves like one of the best bait and switches. Uh, if you ever like, I don't know. If any of our listeners feel like picking up a Goosebumps, but Shocker on Shock Street, uh, Shocker on Shock Street has probably one of, it has the best ending that R.L. Stein ever wrote. There's a few nice. in Haunting Hour that are up there, but just the fucking bait and switch at the end of that tiny book is great. <laughs> uh, but uh, there was. 
trying to remember. There's a movie I saw a ways back. I've been trying to remember what it was called. That's apropos of nothing. Sorry. There's, uh, um, I know you're not a big fan of this movie, Ben, but mm. one movie I think that does this, that kind of leaves it ambiguous, is The Babadook. It, I've actually never seen The Babadook. I really like The Babadook. Um, ben is less of a fan of it. I'm not less of a fan. I fucking, I hate the mom. I hate the child. I like the monster okay. is the best character in that movie, in that movie. Also gay rights, yeah. gay rights. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, but I, I like both. I like all the characters um, and I'm a, I'm a big fan and it's, hmm. uh, I would say I would recommend it. Um, ben obviously would not. And that's okay. We can agree to disagree. I would um, recommend watching it and forming forming your own opinion maybe i'm an asshole <laughs> it's definitely possible ben could be an asshole um but yeah and it kind of leaves it ambiguous as to whether or not like spoilers i guess for this movie that's several years old at this point but um it kind of leaves it ambiguous as to whether or not uh the babadook is real yeah um i, I really appreciate that yeah Oh, also, uh, can I just say that the Babadook shows up as a character in fucking um, uh, What We Do in the Shadows, and I really appreciated its inclusion. Like, it's such a little moment. It's only one episode, but it shows up in the background, and I was just like, that's fucking awesome. That is pretty awesome. Okay. What about you, Travis? Oh. Oh yeah, sorry. Go on. Um, I think I was one way, and then I went to another. Like I think I used to like when there was like a realistic scientific explanation behind mm-hmm. a horror movie, but now I'm like, I'm like, yeah, go all in on the magic, baby. Oh mm-hmm. god, yeah. Because really, that if you think about it, supernatural horror movies are fantasy movies in a way. Oh yeah, yeah, very much. Um, they are like urban fantasy, and I think that's very awesome. So, it's like fucking magic it up, dude! Like, <laughs> go for it. Every slasher movie, in some way or some form, is sort of a is an urban fan uh, urban fantasy movie, definitely. Mm-hmm. Even Scream. Oh yeah. Well, and- speaking of Scream, yeah, dude. Trailer trailer dropped today. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. I have not watched it yet. Do you think uh, Matthew Lillard is reprising his role? Probably, honestly. He reprised um, his role in He's All That, The Gender Bent, She's All That. Mm-hmm. Which was not something we needed nor wanted. He also reprises his role as Shaggy in Scooby-Doo. True. You know, I'm going to go ahead and say this. And um, I'm going to fucking mean it. Uh, she's all that. Not that good. I know a lot of people no, have <laughs> a lot of nostalgia for that movie. But really ask yourself, do you have nostalgia for she's all that? Or do you have nostalgia for not another teen movie? Which, yes, is a gross yeah. out comedy. But also it's actually kind of funny a little bit. It's got some really good moments. <laughs> it does. It really does. I mean, it's been years since I've seen it, but like, I'm pretty sure it's on Netflix and I kind of want to rewatch it because 
I just remember really fucking enjoying it when I was like 16, which of, which is the age that that movie is intended for. Oh, hell yeah. It and goddamn Euro Trip. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, all of those, like, not another blank movie. Yeah, like, gross-out mm. teen comedies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and I gotta say, real, not a big fan of most, like, movie fucking, um... Oh, genre parodies? Yeah, movie movie genre parodies, but Airplane's mm. pretty good, and not another teen movie. I remember it being pretty good, oh, so... Yeah. So, yeah. uh, I will say most most uh, Mel Brooks movies slap. Oh yeah, Mel Brooks. Mel Brooks is excellent mm-hmm. as well. I think High High Anxiety is like the one of his that I uh, I don't like as much. It's still interesting though, but I haven't tried to watch it watching it as an adult. So maybe that's the trick because I have seen more Hitchcock now than when I first saw it. I think to me the difference between like Mel Brooks movies and most par- most parody movies is that like yeah they're they are parody but they're also mm. just their own thing you know what I mean yeah like they just go a step farther and are their own movie with like their own plots and shit like yeah. a lot of the two thousands parodies movies like the epic movie and a bunch of fucking other ones God why were why were those a thing for so long. A bunch of fucking other ones. They just tried to fit in as many stereotypes about those movies and as many plot points as they fucking can. Yep. But it just never worked together. Mm. You know? Like, Mel Brooks went in with a plot that just happened to be um, something that parodied another movie and, like, a genre. But he yeah. didn't go in to be like, we're going to fit every fucking thing in this. Well, I don't know. That, like, I think people found out that, or Hollywood found out that relatability was, like, the key to, like, relating to people. Mm-hmm. And they were like, what if we put so many references into a thing, we won't miss a market. And then they just made shit. Hmm. Like, uh, yeah, uh, was it accident movie or apocalypse Oof. movie? I don't know. Oh, apocalypse. I think apocalypse movie was it. Yeah. Apo- I think famous parody apocalypse now. No, the, uh, the parody sequel apocalypse then. All right. That was funnier uh, in my head. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah. Anything else before we get into the, to the meat? Have we done our potatoes? Is it time for the meats? Yeah. Uh, I think it is. Yeah. Let's do this so we can have our pudding. Excellent. All right. Travis, we sure do have an episode this week, don't we? I'm so excited. And that episode is called Rock and a Hard Place. (sighs) Uh, So, Sam and Dean Mm -hmm. are on a case. They're on the job. Mm. They're going to this, this music venue called The Hard Place. 
and the there's uh someone who works there and they're talking to Sam and Dean and they're like yeah i don't know what happened but this place lost its rock can you save the rock for a hard place and then Sam and Dean they well god damn it they just do it don't they <laughs> They find the rock. They save it. They save rock and roll forever. And that's what happens. <laughs> well. I fucking wish. Alright, let's get into it. <laughs> let's watch it. Doodly doodly doo. We're back. Oh my god! <laughs> too quick, too quick. <laughs> and we're felt back. felt like that break passed in the blink of an eye. You know what I mean? Really did. Yeah. Really yeah. Did. So, um, this fucking episode. Am I right? God, this fucking episode. I mean, it was it. It just. It had everything, guys. <laughs> when I read the synopsis and I saw the phrase born again virgins I knew there was no hope supernatural should not be allowed to touch the concept of virginity with a 10 foot pole yeah and what's I think it did. so so upsetting oh please 10 feet don't be ridiculous What's so upsetting about this episode is that it is written by a woman. Oh. Oh, no, it is. And it absolutely has girl boss, gaslit, and gatekeep its way into my memory for fucking ever. Um, is this a good episode? I not, it. not by a long shot. Great, okay. <laughs> All right, what did y'all not like about this episode, or do we need to do a breakdown? Oh, boy. Um, what did we like, I think, is the better question. What I liked, the only thing I liked... Okay, two things in this whole episode that I liked. We got Jody Mills. Yes. Hell yeah. Great time. Mm -hmm. Good to see Jody. Glad she's doing well. Yep. Uh, only other good thing was at the very end of the episode and this is still Dean being gas gaslight Dean but he says this thing to Sam because Sam has these questions about what is happening to him he again has a big bad not big bad but he again has another supernatural creature tell him that something is weird about him and he is like what is weird about me and dean with the tiniest tiniest little tiny breadcrumb of character development says hey sam whatever's going on with you it's not your fault 
And that was the only other thing I liked about this episode. Um, I am going to say that I liked... What did I like? I liked Jody. Um... <laughs> I liked the conversation with her and Sam about uh, like why Jody got back into religion, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was appropriate for her to have that conversation with Sam because he- of the two. Sam is the more, like, he's been confirmed as the more, like, religious of the two. Exactly, yes. Um, and that is pretty much it, I think. Oh, I did like Sam's line about how, uh, the reason why he's decided to become a born-again virgin, to re-virginate himself, is so that he can, um is because every woman he's had sex with, it hasn't ended well. That's a fucking understatement. That was a good moment. That was good. that was like the writer's little nod to uh, their pattern. Yep, that was probably the best part. The best joke in the episode was probably that. Well, and I don't know, Dean's little like, "Ah, I just love sex, you know, it's just so good and... But then it gets sticky. I did kind of. I, I I didn't think that was all right. I was. It was kind of funny. I didn't but laugh, yeah. but I did see how it other people might funny. laugh. It was kind of funny, but it was mostly uncomfortable. Deeply, deeply uncomfortable. Yes. What did you like about it? Me or Ben? Ben. I thought it was fucking hilarious. Like Dane just fucking with a room, like a full room of goddamn. Like, abstinence-only dickheads. Like, sure, he's not really doing it on purpose. He's just, like, talking about sex and then being like, oh, making myself horny. Oh, y'all got the vapors going, too? I'll be honest with you. I watched this episode with my mom, and it was kind of fucking funny. Because um, she's just laughing her ass off at these ladies. And, like, Dean is being a dick to Sam when he's like, he ain't lying, but, eh. I mean, it's... Got it. I mean, I just enjoyed it, man. I just thought it was funny. I mean, rock on. I don't. I don't fault you. When I asked why you liked mm. it, I meant like more as the episode on the whole, like what you liked about the episode as a whole. I enjoyed. I enjoyed Jody quite a bit throughout mm-hmm. the episode. All of the scenes she was in, because uh, she called him out on their on their shit. Like even at the end, like when she is walking out the door, fucking with them. Like, hand in a arm in a fucking sling. And she's like, don't hold the door for me, dickheads. Just, yeah, that, that was, was pretty great. good. Yeah. And then her, like, helping with the research. Uh, I... It was very on the nose, but Dean, like, finally figuring out. Because, like, I knew from the jump, because I did not remember this episode. Mm-hmm. But as soon as Dean was like, oh, I know her from somewhere. I was like, Casa Erotica. See, that that was another part that I just was not on board for. It was funny when Dean was like, I recognize you. And it's mm. like, oh, it's from porn. That is pretty funny. 
But then the sequence to follow was just not, I was not here for it. That's when I texted you guys and I was like, fuck this fucking episode. Yeah. You didn't like that Dean was hoisted by his own dick? Not only his own petard, but his full on dick? Yeah, it was really gross. Like, that entire sequence was fucking disgusting. Yeah. Like, first of all, the implication that, okay, so. I think we could all agree Supernatural's gender politics ain't great. Like, they're pretty trash. We've talked about the five flavors of women before. There's Mm. um, love interest, sister, bitch, mom, and dead, right? Mm. Uh, (laughs) Again, they can cross over. And at one point, all of them will probably be dead. Um, Yeah. (laughs) but Susie is even for a one week woman on Supernatural Mm. woefully woefully underdeveloped I mean like what the fuck is she doing there so she is a counselor in the fuck yeah let's keep our virginity group at this fucking church and we and, and she's a former porn star who has made a pledge to like reclaim her virginity now i'm going to go ahead and say something you can absolutely criticize purity culture um as it is presented by the church while Mm. also respecting people who like don't like have feelings about their virginity you can criticize the idea of like oh virginity is so important in our society it's you know so it's sacred and it's how you keep pure blah 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 you can criticize that concept and still understand that it's fucking important to some people we don't know anything about Susie's past outside of she that she was a porn star we have no Mm. idea what brought her to this group and when the plot dictates it she immediately throws it the fuck away feels kind of bad about it and then is gone from the episode trash trash disgusting it's disgusting how she was treated I get that she's a one-week woman. I get we're never going to fucking see her again. But it's mm. like, it is the fortune. It's the Madonna whore complex in one person in in a 2.5 second sequence. And I wanted to throw up. And I'm sorry, you cannot tell me Dean's dick is that good. You just fucking can't. Now, I know I have been team, like... It kind of would be funny to me if Dean is like, yeah, I throw around a bunch of dick, but he's actually just like not that great with women you know what i mean Mm. like i think that's very it's the johnny bravo syndrome and i think it's very funny um but like for this woman to be like a fucking counselor in her virginity group to go from being a porn star to being like a leader in this goddamn group And then suddenly she's willing to throw that away for fucking Dean? Like, I get that it's Jensen Ackles, and he is very attractive. But, like, I I just don't... Also, there's this weird moment in the episode. This this bothered me. So the actress who plays Susie is very attractive. She's she's an absolutely gorgeous woman. Also, Mm. she looks very familiar Oh, her real name is Susie, and I'm going to look up and see what else she's been, because I know I've seen her in something else. Oh, she's in Je- she's Pam and Jessica Jones. Okay, that's where I, that's where mm. else I know her from. 
Mm. Um, she's also been in Chicago Med, Devious Maids, um, The Haves and the Have Nots. What's that? That sounds like a... Oh, it's a Tyler Perry show. Cool. Anyways, the point is, is that, like, she's gorgeous. But at one point in the episode, Dean has invited her, or she's invited Dean over to her house so that they can go over some, like, literature to help keep Dean on track. And Dean is going over to try to seduce her. Which, gross, I guess. But, like, um... She she takes off a cardigan and she's wearing a cami underneath and sits down on her couch. And this is filmed like her body is a piece of meat. Like it's so fucking sexualized and it's a completely normal action. It would be like if they sexualized her sweeping the floor. Like it just is God, it was so it was such a small thing, but I hated it so much. And the fact that Dean was there specifically to just seduce her, like, and the fact that it happened so quickly. <sighs> hate. Hate. All of this is yeah. valid. Yeah. But it was kind of hilarious. So she takes the top off. Mm-hmm. And even the caption was like, funky music starts to play. Yeah. And then she starts to sit down and, like, zooms in on her ass. Like, even, like, she's, like... She's walking back to the couch and like she's in frame just so you can see her figure and then you see Dean in the background just like he's like falling deeply in lust with this woman. Oh, they might as well have played a cartoon boner sound. That's, like a yeah. boing ring. Like that's that's what they the should full, have done. Like that's eyes pop out of his head, Auga yeah. yeah. Wolf Howl. Yeah. yeah. And, all of it and then he goes to like walk over and make a move he like whips out a lighter to light the candle and then he starts to like go over to like hit her with some line and then she just like you hear a sniff and then like the caption is funky music stops <laughs> and he just looks at her and she looks up at him tears in her eyes and is like dean will you pray with me about these friends i've lost and he's just <laughs> the way it just killed the energy for him was fucking hilarious. Yeah. Uh, God damn, it was funny. Like I, I, I see the sexism. I see that it is bad and it's terrible. But I think they were just trying to return to form on a goofy, fun supernatural episode. And I... sure, they did it in the wrong way. But there's a lot of fun in this episode. We can agree to disagree. Yeah. I just, I don't know. Like, why, why don't you find fun in your, in the complete dehumanization of like yourself? You know what I mean? I don't enjoy that. I just don't. And this episode is particularly bad. Um, Again, Supernatural just is not great at the gender politics. Yeah. It's, you know, it's fucking rough. And I think that this episode, I think this episode, so this episode was written by Jenny Klein. Now, we've seen other episodes from her. She's a fairly new writer on Supernatural at this point. 
Um, mm-hmm. And I'm not trying to say she's a bad writer. I'm not trying to say she like hates women or anything like that. I think this is a very like insular way at looking at feminism because I think she really wanted to take purity culture to task. Mm-hmm. But I think the way she did it is in a in meant to shame virgins, specifically people who are staying virginal because of their religious beliefs. Mm-hmm. Now, I do not agree that virginity matters. I don't think it makes you pure. I don't think it makes you a bad I don't I also don't think it makes you a bad person. Like mm-hmm. I just don't care, right? Mm-hmm. Um but I do think it's wrong to shame people who want to stay virgins. And again, the true villains of purity culture are not like young women who have been told they have to stay virgins to be pure. They're, you know, the fucking church. Mm. And and they dragged poor fucking Vesta into this. I mean, what did she ever do? Although we will get to her in the Freak of the Week. And it turns out <laughs> yeah. there was some stuff that was done. Mm. So, um, and I th- I really do. I think this episode was like, haha, we're really going to stick it to purity culture. And it's just like... Mm. It really fell on its face about it. Well, it re- it really did, mostly because I don't think Supernatural can have a single episode that concerns virginity without, like, reinforcing the fact that no one should be a fucking virgin in this universe. Lose it as early as you can, because uh, it's just not going to go well. So. I mean, there's so many monsters that need them. Yeah, I it know. It makes sense to fuck as fast <laughs> as possible. You know what? I kind of would like, okay, so I think I talked about this the last time we dealt with like virginity in a supernatural episode. But I think it was the dragon it episode. It was the dragon episode. And by the way, dragons got a shout out. They were like, maybe it's dragons doing this. Yeah. Well, wait, was it? Yeah. Was it Denny Klein who wrote the dragon episode? Oh, um, no. 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 Jenny Klein could not have been so evil as to create the concept of the mother. That was definitely <laughs> someone else. No, she... Uh, so the story for The Curious Case of Dean Winchester and uh, Caged Heat are both by her. Um, so she is also a Max DL shipper, and I appreciate the shit out of that. Um, and then The Curious Case of Dean Winchester was like the poker game that takes your ears off your life. Hmm. Uh, and then... She her first episode written from Supernatural was Out with the Old, and then she did Torn and Frayed, and then and then A Rock in a Hard Place was the third one that she wrote. So and Out with the Old was the uh Leviathans who kept buying up real estate. Mm, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So I liked that episode. And then Torn and Frayed. What was Torn and Frayed? It was Samandriel. Ah, yes, yes. Oh, I also liked that they were, episode. Th- yeah, they were going to rescue him. So, she, yeah, she's got a couple of good ones under her belt. Yeah. But then she's also got hashtag Thin Man. And, uh... Can't wait to get to that one. Yes, you can. <laughs> <laughs> you absolutely oh, fucking can. You can. I guess I will have to. Yeah. Only, uh, only... What, eight more episodes left till that one? Yeah. Yeah. 
Okay, so, anyway, sorry, but back to this episode. Um, so, there's this book that I really liked, and I cannot remember what it's called. It's, like, called Dragon's Bait, I think. But basically, it's about this young woman who gets accused of witchcraft, and the day that that happens, they bring in, like, the Inquisitor to test her. Um, her father ends up dying of a heart attack because of her accusation, and they decide that they're going to tie her up on this hilltop because there's been this young dragon terrorizing everywhere, and they're going to leave her as a sacrifice so that they, the, the dragon is appeased and then leaves. Well, it turns out the dragon can turn into, like, a hot 17-year-old boy. She's, like, the main character's, like, 16. I wrote this, I read this when I was in, like, middle school, high school. And, um, basically is, like, I saw you throwing, I was gonna leave you alone, but I saw you, or, sorry, no. What happens is, is that she escapes from her, from the rope that tied her up. They tie her to this, like, pole and she escapes from it and then starts to go back to the village and is just like there's nothing for me there my dad's dead they accuse me of witchcraft they'll just try to kill me again might as well get eaten by this dragon so she starts throwing rocks at the dragon and then he's like i was just gonna leave you alone but now you're throwing rocks at me what is up with that and she says don't you want to eat me you always like Dragons always ask for sacrifices of young virgin girls. And the dragon goes, no dragon fucking asks for that. That's what we're offered. And he goes on to say, young, um, you know, young virgins are not likely to become important mayors or lords. They're not, they don't, they don't sacrifice priests or kings or princes they choose people who they, you know, think they can afford to get rid of, quote unquote. Um, and I would like, I kind of would like it if this show was like, yeah, I mean, fuck the virginity thing. Like, who gives a shit? But, you know. It sort of did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. When, uh, when Hera or whatever the fuck her name was uh, has Jody on that fucking slab, she's even like... Like, the virginity isn't that important. No, the virginity was super important to Vesta. Um, her whole, th the whole reason why she was kidnapping. Now, it wasn't that she was kidnapping virgins. She was kidnapping mm. people who had made a pledge yeah. of virginity and yeah. had broken it. But that's another way of virginity being, like, incredibly important to somebody. Yeah, no, like, yes. But the thing is, Vesta was like, she preferred virgins. But she was still going to eat Jody's, and Jody earlier in the episode is like, I, I'm not a reborn again virgin, because Jody's like, I don't make promises I can't keep. She, pref she prefers the livers of the Oathbreakers. She uses the virgins as her servants. Yeah. 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 So it's still incredibly important to her. She just makes an exception for Jody. Yeah, that's my point exactly. Well, so, but it didn't do that. Sorry, she's ahead. making an exception for the purpose of her own survival. Yeah, that's why the virginity isn't as important now. It was more important to her. Yeah, in Roman times. Mm -hmm. Well, also in modern times, because that's why this entire thing kicked off. Mm. What? Yeah. What? What I'm talking about is like if dragons were kidnapping 
you know, random people and Sam and Dean were like, we know you're kidnapping virgins again. And the dragons are like, why does everybody think that about me? I don't give a shit if they're virgins or not. I just have to eat, you know, or some shit like that. Like that is a, that is an attitude I would prefer. Um, supernatural took and it's just a personal preference but no like the the Mm. virginal status of her victims is extremely important to vesta Mm. in this episode yeah so um also can we talk about vesta real quick yeah so she gets introduced very early on in the episode as a woman named bonnie um and how how long did it take you guys to recognize the fact that it was definitely uh, her, that she was the bad guy? Immediately. Oh, yeah. Wait. Vesta was in the group? Yeah, Bonnie. Yeah, Bonnie. Yeah, I had no fucking clue. She's oh the lady that hands them the, like, the sheets of paper, like when yeah. they're first doing that interview at the church. The virginity pledges. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. See, there was no, I mean, was that a, re- a reveal when she showed up and it was like, it's me, Vesta? Yes. I, I, that fucking went right over my head. She does. T- like, because one, all of, all of the women in that scene made no impression on me. And two, Vesta as a uh monster this episode mm-hmm. also made no impression on me the lady because she was just another human with a sparkly hand <laughs> uh, that's kind of funny mm-hmm. so i'm like you ben i knew that she was the bad guy 2.5 seconds into oh, yeah. the episode or yeah, into her she- introduction yeah when she's like this isn't just a piece of paper this isn't just like a promise I was like, oh, she's either like working for the dude or she's the dude. Yeah. Uh, and then also the fucking other red haired lady who was pissed off uh, that she wasn't the favorite and then like like spills the tea to, to Sam that Honor wasn't like she's going to hell because she wouldn't bake cookies. She just brought Oreos or Horios, if you will, uh, to uh, <laughs> the purity thing. Yeah. <laughs> Ugh, and we yeah. all know Susie was bringing. Slut cheese. Yeah. A slut Sl- charcuterie board. It has charcuterie so, in the name. She was bringing that slut slime, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Hey, that summer I, sausage. I, um, <laughs> okay, I'm going to make a slight suggestion change for this episode. We're going back to writing fanfic. Oh, yeah. Okay, so, um, Supernatural, you got to stop casting really good character actors who act a little kooky in the first two seconds of their introduction. I know that's the only way we could have possibly remembered her even a little bit. But just like Travis said, it's not like she made that much of a impression as it's Vesta either. So, but you got to stop doing it because it immediately gives it away to us eagle-eyed viewers like Ben and me. Hey. Hey, I'm crossing my eyes <laughs> because I'm eagle eyed. Yay. Uh, physical gags. Yee. So here is my slight suggestion. Um Okay, so a little bit of a spoiler on the freak of the week. Vesta 
Supernatural actually got, like, quite a few things right uh, concerning Vesta. Um, and she is the goddess of the hearth, and her flame is very important. And in Roman and Greek mythology, she wasn't usually given, like, a physical body. She was usually um, appeared as a flame. So they already did the CGI blue flames in the episode. Instead of having Vesta literally show up, have her be a fire in a hearth and have the people in their virginity group working for her. Like they're normal humans who are servants to the Vestal virgins, Mm -hmm. the ones who take it seriously. And they're Mm -hmm. the ones who are carrying out the punishment when the people break their virginity. Because when they didn't do that, it's just like Travis said, it's another fucking human with some weird shit. Yeah. In this case, the Vesta is, you know, a red-haired woman named Bonnie who has a serious case of, like, a rash on her hand. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like that's a very simple change that, I mean, wouldn't have, I don't know done too much but i think would have been one more accurate to the myth and Mm. two um less stupid also honestly i kind of would have preferred it if like bonnie had been a um red herring and Susie Mm. had been the actual bad guy Oh, yeah. Because she like, acted like a normal fucking person, and I wouldn't have seen it coming. <laughs> like, why, why... Was there a reason why the flame had to be blue for some reason? Or was uh, that just, like, a, a color choice? I think it was a color choice. Because they could it could have just been a regular fire, just RNG red fire. And mm. it could have just been a red herring of dragons. Or it could have just been dragons the whole fucking time, and Susie was eating the virgins. Yeah. Yuck. I had a... Yeah. Honestly, could have been dragons. Could have been dragons. It really could have. And let Jody kill the dragon at the end. That would have been dope as hell. Jody the fucking dragon slayer would have been yeah. dope as fucking hell. It would have scratched my heroin probably, you know what I'm saying? Because I love strong women in media. Mm-hmm. Um, I also had to say, real tired, real fucking tired of seeing pagan gods in supernatural unless they have some fucking meat to their bones uh yeah every time a pagan god shows up on this show and sometimes it gets incredibly insulting when you have fucking kali on the show kali who is a major goddess in a major fucking religion and is absolutely worshipped by a ton of people like yeah sometimes it's fucking offensive when it's like the implication is that she's just not as important as the judeo-christian gods you know, mm. that's stupid. Um, she's just not as Western as the Judeo-Christian cots. Speaking of which, uh, old Jesus got a shout out this episode. Oh, yeah. It turns out yeah, Jesus fucking did. exists in the supernatural universe, and he has been AWOL this entire time. Yep. So. Uh, has he been referenced before? Sort of. Yeah. But I don't think, uh, we'll see if he gets referenced again. Yeah, yeah, I guess not as explicitly as in this episode. I'm yeah. pretty sure there was a scene where Cass was like, you know, I used to know someone else who shared some bread and fish <laughs> or something like that. Yeah. Sits backwards in chair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I 
knew someone else who went offline for three days. <laughs> oh God. Oh, man. Uh, youth pastor cast talking to Sam. You know who else died for a while? Yes. <laughs> you know who else was a Christ figure? The literal Christ. <laughs> um, but yeah, every time a pagan god shows up, they just bitch about how they're not getting, you know, the numbers that they used to. And then they take get taken out and they always get killed by like here's a piece of wood that has to be spo- soaked in specific blood and that's it yeah. that's the entire yeah. it's it's the same old song and dance this is the this is like the second this is so we've talked before about how ghost episodes have their formula this is like the second formula of let's write a easy supernatural episode mm-hmm. It's either ghosts or it's pagan gods. This is fucking season two and three bullshit. We don't need this anymore. Yeah. We don't want it anymore. Yeah. We are done with this. Oh, God. And all the pagan gods are, like, just fucking... They're not... They, I'm, I guess the last pagan god episode we got was the Prometheus episode, and that was kind of unique, because for once the conflict wasn't, nobody likes me anymore. Yeah. But the one we got before that was the Truth Goddess episode, and you could copy paste. Yeah, D- yeah, 100%. Yeah, including the scene where the goddess is like, what the fuck is wrong with you, Sam? That also happened at the Truth episode. Mm-hmm. I mean, this also calls to mind a bunch of other early season episodes. Oh, like, yeah. Um, the Supernatural Christmas? No, what? It was a Christmas episode in like season three. Yeah. There was there was the Christmas episode which did include pagan gods. Um and their whole beef was that they weren't getting worshipped. Uh yeah. but also I like that episode, so I'm not including it with these ones. <laughs> <laughs> there are good well, pagan god episodes. That, yeah. Because that's when that concept was good and fresh. Yeah. And now it is old and gross. It's been behind the fridge for five days. Yep. Yeah. And it's covered in hair and you probably shouldn't put it on a sandwich. No, yeah. definitely no sandwiches here. This is that like bomb ass roast you made at St. Patrick's Day. And it was good the first time. It was good on St. Patrick's, right? It's got Guinness yep. in it. It's got sauerkraut. It's got some great veggies in it. And then you eat it the next day. And then you wait a couple of days and eat some more. And then it's been in your fridge for like four weeks. And you eat it again and you get sick. Yeah, you dust off a little bit of that fuzz. Yeah. You're like, I'll just pour just, some more Guinness, throw it back in the crock pot. It'll be, it never is. It never is fine again. And I'm with you guys. I do think the Freak of the Week should have been something completely different. Mm-hmm. But the veggies, the sides of this episode, there were some fun sides. I, I, I gotta say, this is one of the episodes where we just absolutely are gonna have to, yeah. you know, be be parted because mm-hmm. I did not enjoy it. Yeah, I don't did think not enjoy like, it. We're never, we're not gonna agree on every episode. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. And we haven't yeah. agreed on episodes before for sure. Um, yeah. And there's been episodes where I was like, yeah, I really liked this, and then there's been episodes where I'm just like. You know, and I'm I'm the odd one out. Um, yeah. What else about this episode? Um, I 
I really like this episode besides from like feeling kind of gross it really kind of passed me by like I said I didn't even recognize that the big bad was in the I didn't recognize that the big bad at the end of the episode was a person from the beginning of the episode I had no clue it really just like whoosh you know mm-hmm. like I, I don't know I it really just I don't know just didn't do it for me this time. I, yeah. Yeah. Other than the weird virginity stuff, Mm -hmm. I'm with you on that. I will say, okay, here are some more moments that I do like that scrolling through the quotes page did remind me of. Technically, this is, um, yeah. I did like the fact that Jody killed... Vesta. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like this exchange. I'm sort of new to this, but you know, a Roman deity burying people alive in a barn? Sort of pathetic, don't you think? And then Vesta says, it only got pathetic when I started having to do it myself. Because of that hippie from Bethlehem, before him they practically threw virgins at me, and now they let your fire go out. They forgot about you. Yeah, I know. Sucks to be Lindsay Lohan, doesn't it? Um, Kind of enjoyed that. that a little a exchange. exchange. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, I think, I think I realized another thing I didn't like about this episode mm-hmm. is that it was Quip City. Yeah. Everyone, it, all of the dialogue was one-liners. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't like that. Like, you can have a one-liner every once in a while. It's like, <coughs> it's like all of your jokes can't just be punchlines. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like you gotta have you gotta have the little oat bits with the lucky charm marshmallows, you know. Mm-hmm. You can't just have all marshmallows, and then because then you'll you'll fucking throw up. I actually have, and it will be a rainbow, but at what cost? Yeah, I have several friends who um, actually hate Marvel because it's like all the Marvel movies because it's just quip 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 quip. Yeah, just yeah. so just so fucking quippy. Quip on quip on quip. Definitely agree. And I, I realized, like, looking at the quotes page, that whenever there is on uh, my favorite website, SupernaturalWiki.com, mm. and I go to an episode and the quotes page is more than one scroll of my mouse wheel, mm-hmm. I know that this episode was just Clipsy. burdened with one-liners. And yeah, that's that's just one of those other like writing things that I just don't like. Oh, the other um, here's a writing thing that I did like, although it did end in a quip. Um, so they need virgin blood for the steak, right? Mm-hmm. And. Sam's like, hey, I'm a virgin, and he technically is, because he got re-virginated. Um, and uh, J- Jody's like, yeah, no, I don't think that counts. Um, and I did think that was kind of funny. So, um, yeah. Yeah. I, do you want to read some reviews? 
Hell yeah. For sure. Alright, I'm expecting the reviews this episode to be pretty tragic for me. Um, yeah, I think they're going to agree with me. Yeah. Let's see. Oh, oh, oh. Here we are. I got a low one and I got a high one. Oh, boy. And I got to say, there are some 8 out of 10s here, but there are no 10 out of 10s. Yeah. Or anything above an 8. All right. Interesting. Have faith. It's not your fault. This seems to be another Monster of the Week episode. And for most, and for the most people, it is. There are victims, Sam and Dean as the investigators, and Jody Mills as a co-worker. There are some funny parts of the story. A porn star reborn. And some mythological stuff about Vesta, goddess of hearth, and her virgins. But that's not what I find most important in this episode. There are some nice moments in Jody's and Sam's speeches. First, we see that the angelic problem of finding vessels is still going on, and Jody was a little uh, bit scared of that. Oh yeah, Jody. One of Jody's roles this episode is just to learn that supernatural creatures exist and be like, "What X exists?" And Sam and Dean are like, "Yeah, there's too much, too many things that fucking exist." <laughs> This is important because we find out that Jody turned herself to church after her experience. Um, she had been through Bobby's death, date with Crowley, etc. She seems to have faith through all her life. is kind is kind of Job's exam style. Sam, on the other hand, thinks something went terribly wrong, and what's more, it doesn't have to be something from outside, but it might be himself. He loses faith in recovery. Vesta only makes that worse. And in the end, we can see how much bothered he is. Dean in this moment almost reveals Sam the truth about the presence of Ezekiel. But Zeke puts in this and warns Dean again. I really do see something wicked coming from this Zeke angel. Dean at least at least advised Sam to have faith. If you remember the position of Dean in the fifth season when he wanted to say yes to Michael, when he almost lost his faith in a better ending. I think it's a deeper advice than it seems at first sight. Not the best episode of the ninth season till now, but it shows the seriousness of faith, sincerity, and inner doubt. In this episode, you have to go onto the surface. Three out of ten. Interesting. This is the opposite of like all those reviews are like, this episode is trash, hated every minute, ten out of ten. Um, mm -hmm. Because it it's kind of complimentary, but still gives it such a low rating. Yeah. yeah, what is this, an episode of Habcast? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> um, all right, here's an 8 out of 10. Better than expected. I must admit that usually I check out the rating of the episode on this site before I watch the show, and usually this dramatically affects how I perceive the episode's quality. This time I don't think that was the case, as the average rating for this episode was down, but I enjoyed it. I like that they dealt with something they hadn't seen before, and Dean being the creepy, creepy bro to try and get with the counselor was pretty funny as well. It was a bit unbelievable that Dean was able to get with her since she had obviously put quite a bit of effort into chastity as she had many books and had only known him for like an hour. Either way, I enjoyed the episode 8 out of 10. Wow. Correct. It was completely unbelievable. <laughs> it almost was like she wasn't a character, but a walking, talking flashlight. Crazy. <sighs> okay. Yeah, I mean, both of these reviews are very accurate. Yes. Yeah. 
and they both do the thing they the first review did the thing where it was like pretty complimentary when he rated it super low for that this this review was like i don't know episode was all right didn't like it didn't hate it uh some of it was completely unbelievable eight out of ten eighty percent it gets a b for me <laughs> I like that it mentioned that it had a lower rating on IMDb, and I don't know what it was. When did this... Uh, so that was posted in 2016. I can't tell what the rating was in 2016, but the current rating on IMDb is 8.0 out of 10. Mm. So I guess it worked. Yeah. Yeah, some of these, some of these 8... Uh, out of 10 reviews and 7 out of 10 reviews definitely came in uh, 2020. Yeah. And like the 3 out of 10 was 2013 as was the 6 out of 10. Mm. Uh, I want to read one more 8 out of 10 review because we read a lot of this person's reviews and I always find them interesting. So um, this is, the episode goes for the cheap laugh to poor results. The most interesting thing in this episode is it at least grapples with Christianity becoming the dominant religion and how that pagan god may be parasitical on Christian mores. Oh, and it is always nice to see Jody Mills. The case was largely unpredictable. It is entertaining for sure. However, I cannot but think a more thoughtful episode in the vein of faith or houses of the holy could have come about had the writers decided to really kick the tires on chastity and purity culture, given the concepts in the script. Instead, we got a few predictable, though funny jokes about Sam's dates dying and Dean's fondness for Casa Erotica. It comes off as a wasted opportunity. Um, I completely agree with this review, other than him saying, other than them saying the plot was unpredictable. I found it to be pretty rote. Um, oh, and I did, I, that is something. Vesta is like, I found a way to like make Christianity work for me. Where I could still get my, you know, the God thing that I needed. Um, while also, you know, like I, she figured it out. And I did kind of appreciate that. Um, yeah, I feel like this episode was a pretty wasted opportunity. Like... I think that they really could, if they were going to make fun of purity culture, go in. And they, I mean, they yeah. tried. I don't know. Like, personally, I think that if you decide that you want to be a virgin, even if you've done, like, sexual acts, like, go for it. If it's important to you, I don't give a shit, you know? Um, I think virginity is absolutely a social construct. Therefore, why would I believe that some that you know once you lose your virginity it's gone forever but like um this idea that like you can re-virginize yourself because you feel like really guilty i do think again you can criticize purity culture while also respecting people's choices to be virgins and to like wait till marriage and stuff like that mm -hmm. like that's fine um, if they had, like, an ass fucking joke in there, you know, a fuck me in the ass because I love Jesus joke, yeah, a la, loophole. yeah, other, a la, uh, Garfunkel and Oates, mm-hmm, it wouldn't have been out of place this episode. Yeah. Yeah. It would have been very on brand for Supernatural to make that joke. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Might have been a little too hardcore for the CW. 
Yeah, I'm surprised that they got away with uh, talking that much shit about Christianity. Yeah. Also, you don't hear a lot of uh, uh, anal jokes from the CW. At least not a whole lot of, like, really obvious ones. Yeah. Maybe some ones that fly below the radar. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, Supernatural is really the only CW show I, I watched, so it's hard to say for me. I don't remember it coming up in The Flash, but it has been a while since I've seen it, so who knows? <laughs> Can you fucking imagine? Uh, Barry Allen just whipping it out. Fanfic strikes again, you know? Hey. Um, Do you guys want to get into... Hey! 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 Do you guys want to get into the Freak of the Week? Let's yeah, these tell weeks. us about... Tell us about Vespa. Mm-hmm. All right, so it's Vesta. Um, yeah, that's yeah, like the like the um, like the scooter. The yeah. Virgin, shut the fuck up. <laughs> uh, the Virgin Goddess of the Hearth, Home, and Family in Roman religion. Mm-hmm. Her Greek equivalent is a god you may have heard of. That's uh, Hestia. Um, Hestia and Vesta are the daughter of um, Saturn and I'm going to fuck this up. Opus? You could have said literally anyone and I would have been like, yeah, okay. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, I believe you. (laughs) Vesta is also the older sister to a bunch of Roman and Greek gods that you've definitely heard of. Jupiter, a.k.a. Zeus. Neptune, a.k.a. Poseidon. Pluto, a.k.a. Hades. Juno, a.k.a. Hera. And Ceres, a.k.a. Um, fucking goddamn Demeter. Gotcha. Nailed it. Had it. Had it the whole time. Boom. So she's Definitely like, was... up, so she's like up in there with the pantheon. Oh yeah, she's she's she could have a Percy Jackson kid. She's one of the big boys. Actually, she couldn't because she again she was a virgin. Um, oh, that's and right. <laughs> also a pretty important god in Rome until the rise of Christianity. Uh, <laughs> in fact, um, her her cults or you know temples were were absolutely in Rome and very popular until um, they were disbanded by the Christian emperor Theodosius, Theodosius in mm-hmm. 391 AD. So, you know, kind of a, she was, she was a pretty big deal. And yeah, like her servants, the Vestal Virgins, also very big deals. They were priestesses of Vesta. Um The College of Vestals was regarded as fundamental to the security of Rome. They absolutely were in charge of keeping Vesta's hearth aflame. uh, And there were punishments if it went out in your watch. Not being buried underground punishments. We'll get to that later. Um, And they did take a 30-year vow of chastity. Uh, in order to devote themselves to being Vestal Virgins. Uh, They were usually picked to be Vestal Virgins around the age of, you know, between the ages of like 6 and 10. Um, And then they would be that for 30 years, retire, and usually um, the state would find them a noble Roman 
to marry. And being married to a formal Vestal Virgin was considered like a sign of good luck. Yeah, um, I was gonna say that's that seems like a pretty pretty highfalutin job. Oh, very especially for women. Um I, I don't know if you know this. Rome, not great. Not 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 great for women. I mean just real bad. So Vestal Virgin seemed to be one of the jobs where it didn't like completely fucking suck. You know? Uh, it wasn't perfect. I mentioned that if you um, let the flame go out, you were beaten or, you know, punished um, in the dark and through a curtain to preserve your modesty. And the burying underground thing? Yeah, that, that was a thing. It wasn't super oh. common, but it did happen once or twice according to the stories. Nice. So, and I actually find this kind of interesting. So, the chastity of the Vestals were considered was considered to have a direct bearing on the health of Rome, the Roman state. When they entered the college, they left behind the authority of their fathers and became daughters of the state. Therefore, any sexual relationship with a citizen was therefore considered to be incestum and an act of treason. The punishment for violating the oath of celib uh, celibacy was in mirrorment or to be buried alive in the campus uh, Scalectus or evil field, an underground chamber near the Colleen Gate supplied with a few days of food and water. Ancient traditions required that an unchaste vestal be buried alive within the city, that being the only way to kill her without spilling blood, which was forbidden. However, this practice contradicted the Roman law that no person might be buried within the city. To solve this problem, Romans bury the offending priestess with a nominal amount of food and other provisions, not to prolong her punishment, but so that the vestal would not be technically buried in the city, but instead descend into a habitable room. The actual manner of the procession had been described like this. When condemned by the College of Pontifices, she was stripped of her vitae and other badges of office, was scourged, was attired like a corpse, placed in a close litter, and borne through the forum, attended by her weeping kindred, with all the ceremonies of a real funeral, to a rising crowd called the Campus Scalicter, the, the evil field, just within the city walls, close to the Colleen Gate. There, a small vault underground had been previously prepared, containing a couch, a lamp, and a little table with a little food. The pontifex Maximus, having lifted up his hands to heaven and uttered a secret prayer, opened the litter, led forth the culprit, and placed her on the steps of the ladder, which gave access to the subterranean cell, delivered her over to a common executioner and his assistants, who conducted her down, drew up the ladder, and having filled the pit with earth until the surface was level with the surrounding ground, left her to perish, deprived of all of the tributes of respect usually played, paid to the spirits of the departed. Hmm. Like I said, this practice was pretty rare, although I did find one recorded case. The Vestal Virgin Opia was found guilty of a breach of task chastity. And then the Vestal Tuchia uh, was also accused of fornication, but she carried water in a sieve or sieve to prove her chastity. O Vesta, if I have always brought pure hands to your secret services, make it so that with this sieve, I shall be able to draw water from the Tiber and bring it to your temple. And she did, so. Nice. Yeah. 
Rome, man. Rome, man. Dang. Wild stuff. Uh, compared to some of the other gods, Vesta is, you know, one of the good-mannered ones. Um, she's not going around and, like, trying to fuck up Zeus's children like Hera or trying to rape everything in sight like Zeus um, mm -hmm. or Poseidon, nor is she kidnapping people like Pluto, you know? Um, and she was the goddess of marriage, childbirth, agriculture, hearth, uh, just a real, real all around goddess. So, and she was usually depicted with a flame and not necessarily like a human person. Mm. Humanoid, mm. I guess. Um, so a real calcifer. Yeah. Yeah. She has a couple of festivals in her name, um, but no official mythology. So you mm. don't have, like, stories about her like you do, uh, right. you know, uh, Poseidon and shit. So... Um, she does get mentioned in Ovid's Metamorphosis, though, if you're interested oh, nice. in reading those. Um, which I have heard taken into question of, like, how accurate they are, but I, I don't know. I enjoy them. I think the poetry is very pretty, so. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So that's that's my thing on Vesta and her virgins. Um, the end. Very nice. Yeah. Hell yeah. I learned something today. Yeah. You know, when it comes so. to Roman gods, they're all Greek to me. Ba -dum -ba. <laughs> you know what they say about Roman gods? They're always walking around. Yeah, they love to roam. We're you know the buffalo room. <laughs> you know what they say about Roman gods? They're all over the place. Ba bam! Ba bam! You know what they say about Roman gods? They'll really tie up your phone bill. <laughs> Such an old joke. It doesn't apply anymore. Yeah. You know what they say about Roman gods? Is that they should go with unlimited plans. <laughs> oh my god, that's so stupid. <laughs> So fucking stupid. All right. <laughs> Gross. Uh, you know what they say about Roman gods? They don't have cricket oh, no. wireless. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm done. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. So I always liked Testia slash Vesta. Kind of sucks that she got the supernatural treatment. Yeah. yeah. Just being turned in like generic evil person. But, you know, mm. what are you going to do? Generic human with glowing hand. Yeah, you beat her with a stick. That's what you do. Bam. Yeah. As long right. as it's dipped in blood. Well. Yeah. I think I think we're done talking about this controversial episode of Supernatural. Mm -hmm. I think we are too. Yeah. What's I think the... it's. Oh, sorry. Go on. What's the next controversial episode we'll be talking about? That was the joke I was gonna make. Boom. It is fucking got it's got a name man and i definitely remember that name it's probably something stupid like holy rollers holy terror holy terror i was close yeah the next episode is uh reverend horton heat reference what do you think it is travis um 
Sam and Dean go to a bathroom and run out of toilet paper. Mm. Oh no, it's a <laughs> It's a Buck Lemming episode. <laughs> I'm sure it'll be fine. I'm sure it'll be fine. Yeah, it's gonna be a fuck lemming show, you know what I'm saying? Hey. Yay. Real quick, because they keep teasing us with this. Um when the fuck is Crowley coming back? I think he's shown up in like the past two little catch-ups and he hasn't yeah. he hasn't shown he hasn't been around in a couple of episodes. He's been, they just got to remind us that he's still there. Yeah, hum, don't for, guys. Don't forget. Human Crowley is coming or yeah. is he? He's in the ketchup but not the mustard. Heyo. Or Heyo. And then we ended with a little Zeke reminder and him being like, don't tell Sam about me. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of that, Travis? I'm ready for the fucking shoe to drop. Yeah. Oh, okay, actually, circling back to the episode, uh, when Vesta tries to like get Sam and can't, mm-hmm. she says something along the lines of, you're all duct tape and safety pins in there. What the fuck is Zeke up to? And Sam's so tired all the time. Like, I'm starting to think he's got some ulterior motives here. Through time and space, Ari and I are silently staring at one another. Mm. Yes. So I am ready for Sam to get a good night's sleep. Hey, yes. That's what actually happens in the next episode. Now I he will just buys s- all the Red Bull. I will say that Sam having, like, symptoms of... The trial sickness is definitely disappeared for the last couple of episodes. Like th- it just came back with a vengeance. Mm-hmm. This fucking episode to be like, this is the thing again. So that was another thing that I was like, okay. But yeah, what is Zeke up to? No good. No good. Um. Well, Travis, I don't know if that's gonna happen, but if it does, we'll talk about it next week on Hey Asbutt. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to hear more from us, you can check out our website, habcast.com, where we watch, uh, where we have links to all of our social media at Habcast on Instagram and Twitter, and Hey Ask But a Supernatural podcast on Facebook. You can also find the link to our Patreon, where for $1 a month, you can join our Discord, and for $3 a month, you gain access to the other bonus show we do, Let's Shag Ass. The show where we watch things that supernatural actors have been in that are not supernatural. Um, until next time, have fun. And don't die. When the moon hits your eye like a big pizza pie, that's amore. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>